Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can even earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. Hey, welcome to The Screenwriting Life. I'm Meg LaFove. And I'm Lorianne McKenna. We are professional screenwriters. We've worked together as a team and separately. We've worked on studio and indie films, live action and animation, from my work on Inside Out and Captain Marvel. To my work in Pixar's story department on Up, Brave, and Inside Out. We are here to share our insights on the craft of screenwriting and also the life. How to not only survive the ups and downs, but thrive. We want to help you become the best screenwriter you can be and to reassure you that you are not alone on this journey. What is up, Screenwriting Life family? It is producer Jeff here with some good news. We are dropping a little bonus episode into your feed this week. Um, Last week, we talked about antagonists, and during our conversation, we went off on a sort of unrelated but very valuable tangent about character problems and character wants and how character wants have to be accompanied by problems that our characters are facing, especially in Act 1. And it was a really great kind of breakthrough moment for all three of us, and we really wanted to make sure that it got its own featured conversation. Uh, One of the things that's really important to us on this show and in this feed is that we have very clearly delineated topics so that as you're going through our archives, um, you're finding valuable content that's not getting buried. And we really want to bury this conversation, so we're kind of releasing it as its own short mini-sode, if you will. So I know you'll love it. It's a great conversation, and I personally had a lot of great breakthroughs because of it. And we also included a listener question. So happy Wednesday, and enjoy the little cherry on top of what's already been a great week. I mean, in relation to plot, I wanted to say something else that I realized. I actually realized it last week, and we were on the Cine Story. Um, we all mentored at the Cine Story um, Lab, and we were doing a, a, a gig. What is this? We were doing a panel, I guess. And um, I was like, we're I, banned I jumped now. Up. We're banned. We do gigs. It's <laughs> a story. And um, I, I was like, oh, my God, you guys, today I realized something about goal. And it was so great. I realized, oh, shoot, this is a TV. This is a TV panel. I can't talk about this because it's about features, which in, since then I realized it is about TV. But I promised them that I would talk about it on the show. So I want to take a minute and talk about it on the show. And it, Jeff, if you decide this should be a whole um, episode, we can cut this. But um, I wanted to talk about it, um, which is um, – now this, again, like what you were talking about, Lorraine, this might seem super basic and you all listening might be like, Meg, duh. But I had an epiphany moment <laughs> in terms of the way my brain understood it, okay? So everybody talks about goal, 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 right? And that your character has to have a goal, right? And we think about what is your character's goal? And you should be able to say, my character's goal is rob the bank. My character's goal is get the girl. My character's goal is, right? And... um. I've been doing that for what for many years, lots of years, right? My character's goal is, right? And we've talked about the need behind the goal, right? Um, what I realized today, uh, last week was your character has to have a problem that the goal will solve. And it is the problem 
in which the vulnerability is and is the access door for the audience to come in and want the goal with them. It is the problem that is so much more important to lay into act one so that the the audience emotionally is with your main character because it's the problem that we can align to and now want the goal with them because we also think the goal will solve this problem. And the problem is what I was missing. <laughs> it was, I'm not saying I was missing it, but you know, cause you know, listen, first, first drafts are like, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of yes. balls in the air. Right. And you cannot even realize that either you've taken out the problem or you've made it so small and given it so little real estate or so little, emotional context or so little time in the act that it's not even there really. Right. Or people are just talking about it. It's not creating plot. It's not creating things for your main character to deal with. It's just this thing that people talk about that is no, this is the money of act one is really diving into that problem and letting me know the problem so that when the goal arrives, they can reject it at first, right? Because it might feel like, oh, crap, that's like might be harder than the problem. But then they quickly realize, nope, this is a pretty big problem. I will go for that goal. We're in. I'm in the car. Put the seatbelt on. We're going because of the problem. (laughs) Okay. So which is so funny because in the, the script that I'm writing, I just go right into look at her. You believe in her instead of I reveal the problem on page 10 of a 30 page pilot, right? Too late. Yeah. I have to move the problem on page three, right? Like, or one. And uh, that's what I think of now when I think about plot, like how do I emotionally set this up so that now you can watch her be an asshole because you get what the problem is, right? Exactly. And now the plot starts to churn because I emotionally understand the problem this will solve. So suddenly the word stakes is starting to come into our discussion, but right, because the stakes, if you don't solve the problem are what? The stakes to get the goal are what? And you've attached me to all of that. So now when challenges come in, like with an antagonist, which is our next discussion, you're, you want them, that, that challenge has context, this is the biggest thing I want, I want you guys to understand. It has context. If, if your character doesn't have a goal, a want, and a problem, there's no context to what's coming at them in Act 2. So it's just incident. It's just incident. It's not story. If, there is n- if there's no context to it, i.e., if I don't get by this person, I cannot get my goal but this person is uh, super rich, super whatever it is, or I'm just meeting a person. Do you know what I mean? Like there's no context to anything that that's happening. I'm trying to think of an example that's not something I think. I think I have an example because I think this is so smart, Meg. And I think like we need to, I'm having all these breakthroughs that like having a want and using that want to overcome a problem are two very distinct things. I think about big fish actually and to me, the want of the protagonist in that film is he wants to repair his relationship with his dad. But the problem is that his dad is dying. And right. if the movie were just about, let me go home and talk to my dad and maybe we'll be happy again, that's an yes. endless movie. But his yes, dad- there's no die. context. There's no context to any other scene coming if his right. dad isn't dying. Yeah. Exactly. That's so brilliant. You can look at, um, I'll bet you, and I could be wrong, and our listeners will tell us, almost every movie you're going to find this, that if you took out that problem that the goal satisfies, 
it becomes aimless incident. And there is no pressure, there is no narrative pressure now on it. And it and, and you're gonna get really weird notes. Like I just lags in the middle and you're gonna get all kinds of notes about this. But it, this is actually the note under the note is the problem that the goal is solving is not clear. I don't get it. I'm not emotionally with it. So anyways, that was my big breakthrough. Now I can't tell you I have figured out how to do this. <laughs> But at least I know the goal that I have because, and I understand my problem, which is I don't have this. Right. I don't know how to do it yet, but. Which is so funny that you're saying this, Meg, because this is something you've literally said to me. I don't know how many times. It's something I've heard you say to other people who are writing. It's like, (laughs) it is, it is like a fundamental aspect of what you know, in terms of plot. Um, So it's interesting that you had this, it's like uh, every time we are exposed to something new, we sort of see it in a slightly different way. Right. Right. And sort of clicks in our brain and you're like, oh, and it feels like this epiphany and it feels like magic and it feels like you're solving a problem. But I have to say, Meg, you are already really good at this. Like I've literally seen you workshop with somebody. But I don't think I've used this language. And maybe that's it. So to me, there is a new understanding of it that is a deeper, more simple, because sometimes the deepest uh, the deepest revelations are quite simple, right? Yeah. Um, that it just, what's the problem, guys? What's the problem in Act One? It's- and it's probably that synthesis we were talking about of like the emotional narrative and the mechanics of the plot, the mind and the body and the intellect and all that stuff sort of, that it all has to have all these layers, right? That it's, yeah, there's the complicated mystery and beauty of that, which we're all like super good at. Everyone, listeners, <laughs> us on the show, right? That's Super so easy. easy, you guys. So it's easy. So totally yes. easy. <laughs> okay, it's time for the question of the week. This comes from Judith from our Facebook group. Uh, I understand writing into the lava to mean writing where an event triggered intense emotions. Do you mean to use that event as the starting point to brainstorm a story? For example, E.T. started as a story about the experience of a child whose father lives in a different state than his kids. Spielberg started with a huge hole he felt when his parents divorced and came up with the what if that hole was filled with an extraterrestrial in ET the emotional state of longing is part of the backstory or does writing into the lava mean to use your somatic experience of a story event while writing a scene wherein you know the protagonist's starting goal and you know the opposition's goal and alternate between embodying the voice as one character and then the other until the scene turns. So, I mean, it's a bit of a complicated question. I just want to acknowledge um, Judith, um, super smart, super, super smart question. Um, uh, the answer in, in, sh- in, in the shortest form is yes, but I want to clarify. So um, you can use your experience in life as your inspiration. I think we're doing it unconsciously anyways. So sometimes it just helps to bring what I would call your emotional thematic up into your conscious brain so that you realize you're doing it. Um, It can help. You don't have to do that, but you probably are already writing from that longing, let's say, as is your example. Um, And the trick is, if it even if you it's your inspiration, what if that hole was filled by an alien? It has to now 
not just be in the concept, but in the actual writing of the story itself, right? So the story has to push to the longing. The story has to expose the longing because he he gets an answer to the longing, but he also has to give it up at the end, right? And you and so it's the story has a point of view on the longing, right? Which is you know better to have had this experience and lost it than to not have had it. Um, friendship, all kinds of things, right? So. It, it is the inspiration, but then it also, that inspiration is a well beneath it that you are tapping as almost the DNA of every scene. Not consciously, I'm not saying it comes up into the actual, I'm not saying every scene now is autobiographical, but emotionally it is being fueled by something that you feel vulnerable about. That's why we call it lava, right? Um, now, in terms of actual scene work, I do not think you have to use your lava to make it autobiographical in any way. It doesn't have to externally be your life. You can do that if you want. You don't have to do that. If you do do that, it's a little harder. It's harder to get space in between. Um, but there are moments when you're writing, whether you are uh, trying to go into your lava or not sometimes, where you hit something that you feel it and it tones down, like you said, as a somatic experience in your body I don't, it's funny. I, the trick is to not do what your question does. Just stay with me here a minute. If you feel that thing toning down into your body, you just need to keep pushing down into it as your imaginative dream. It's almost like when the shark comes in your dream, you go towards the shark, right? So if you're writing a scene and all of a sudden her father's in the doorway and you're like, you feel it coming up, your, inst your, your instinct will be to go into your intellect and start jumping and, well, what point of view am I in? And should I do here? And well, let's talk about how the scene is going to unfold. Okay, that is not going towards the lava. I'm not saying you're doing that necessarily, Judith. I'm just using that as an example. Um, your job is, oh my God, he walked in the door. I feel it in my body. I can't, there are no words for what you feel. You cannot put it into your conscious mind. It does not matter. You feel it. So, write the next thing. Oh my God, I feel it more. Write the next thing. Oh my God, I feel it more. The next thing may have nothing to do with your life, by the way, because it's all just a dream. It's all big metaphor. But all I want you to do is when that feeling comes up in your body is keep writing towards it. Keep writing into the scariest, most vulnerable thing that could happen right now. And that might be, he turns around and leaves. That might be, she punches him in the face. That might, I don't know what the hell it is because it's your dream and your metaphor. Don't Start intellectually saying why the scene doesn't work. Don't start saying why I don't understand how to do this scene. Don't say I'm a fraud. Don't say whatever it is. Don't say, well, this would never work or she would never do that or he'd never show up here or a thousand things are going to come flooding into your brain because your body's feeling it to stop it. That's the disconnect I want you. I want you to disconnect that plug of the thing flooding. You're never going to be able to disconnect it completely, but I want you to be strong enough in terms of your will to just write it. Who cares if it's in the script or not? It doesn't matter, but it came up. It's in your body. You're having that somatic experience. That's the lava. It's, it could even feel like you'll die if you do it. Just write it. I hope that answers your question. Um, and if not, Judith, let us, let us know in the Facebook group. <laughs> um, so I don't know, Lauren, anything to add there? I mean, I'm writing something really personal. It's it's not autobiographical, but it is in a way like the circumstances are different, but it is my story and uh, it's all lava or it was when I first wrote it, it was all just like wading into it. And so now I'm having to sort of 
back away a little bit. Like I love jumping in and feeling that in my body. And I think, aha, this is it. And sometimes I need to temper it a little bit. Right. So um, for me, going to the lava is a little different um, in that uh, I need to find different angles. Right. Because I'll just be like rage, (laughs) you know, like one note. Um, And I love it. That's where I'm in my happy place. Um, But it's interesting. Can I just and we don't have to put this in the show necessarily, Maureen, but the lava may not be big emotion. The lava isn't. The lava isn't always rage or big emotion. The lava could be very small action. It could be, well, just to talk about things we've talked about before, it could be her wanting something. That could be lava for people because they've been taught they can't want. They can't uh, want to leave. They can't want to stay. They can't want anything. So they, the lava... Mm-hmm doesn't always necessarily mean big emotion. It can mean it's something very small too, and yet very powerful for that in the, for that person. I think for me, it's wish fulfillment. What do I wish I could do? I could have done in a situation similar to this, right? Because um, that's what feels scary in my body. The um, wish fulfillment. The wish scary. fulfillment, right? It's what if I'd done this? Right. What if, if I were in this situation and what if th- I could make this choice? Um, yeah, I guess I don't really so have it, anything to add to your answer. No, 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 no. <laughs> I actually think it's really, really important because I think a lot of, I think it's actually super essential uh, to, to delineate this because it's so personal, right? Like one person's wish fulfillment will be avoiding the lava and another's will be going towards it right? There's nobody who can know what is your lava, but you. And it's, and, and, and like Judith said, it is a body experience. That's, that's the barometer. Of it, I guess. And I will say to that, I was, I'm trying to figure out what the end of my show, the pilot is. And I pitched a bunch of different things out loud to the air while my husband was sitting there. Like I just needed a body there and I was talking and I pitched this one thing and I felt, I felt the feeling that I want the reader to have when they finish my pilot. I felt this sadness and this longing and this sort of this question. And I realized the scene that has been floating around in the middle is actually the end scene. Oh, and, good. Uh, you know, for now, today, right? Today. Have, you know, whatever. But I felt the feeling I want you to have when you finish reading it. And I was like, ah, oh, that's it. I'm going to try that. Right. So for me, that's that somatic experience, which yeah. by the way, we had to, I had to look up because I didn't know what it meant, but I know what it feels <laughs> like. <laughs> You do it all the time. I do it. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so yeah. And that's my lava is trusting that. I think that's it. Like for me, it's trusting that how I'm writing it is actually, it's good enough sometimes. Uh, yeah, you know? for sure. Absolutely. All right, Judith, I hope that answered your question. If not, please uh, come back to us on the Facebook group. And we will see you guys this Sunday for our episode with Andrew Stanton. Thanks for tuning in to The Screenwriting Life. We love our community and we want to get to know you even better. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash thescreenwritinglife or email us at thescreenwritinglife at gmail.com to have your question considered for the show. You can also suggest topics by emailing us there. Also, we'd love for you to drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. Even if we don't read your review on air, trust me, we have read it. And not only does it mean the world to us, but it helps other people find the show. We've always been driven by mission and mentorship, and reviewing our show helps expand that mission. And of course, until next Sunday, happy writing.